0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
1: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDSC.
2: Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast. This week we have the draft lottery, free agency starting,
0: and wrapping up the World Series right now. 9 Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to this week's episode of the Baseball
2: Together podcast. My name is Brad, and I'm joined by our fearless leader on my left, Brig.
0: How are you tonight with your Fresca? I am drinking Fresca. I'm happy about it, and I get to talk <laughs> about baseball with you, Brad. I love that. Excellent.
2: Very good. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. We have so much to get into. Uh, we need to put that on t-shirt break. I think <laughs> I think that needs to happen. Um, because the thing is one of the things i love is that as soon as the season ends it's like okay who's a free agent where are they going what are they doing and there's like all kinds of stuff that goes on i'm surprised that baseball is not more of a 12 month sport because literally like i said as soon as the world series ends all this stuff starts up and it's like okay let's kick up that hot stove see what's going on we got the culture club aka the contemporary baseball era hall of fame committee has released their ballot. So let's get into that, Brig. What do you say?
0: Yes. I say
2: yes. <laughs> I say yay. Here we go. So, like I said, the Culture Club, a.k.a. the Contemporary Baseball Era Hall of Fame Committee, has released their ballot. They have eight players on the eight former players on there. We have Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Dale Murphy, Fred McGriff, Raphael Palmeiro, and Kurt Schilling. Um... Looking at this, I see a few that, quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they got in. Um, I I said when we did our, our Braves Mount Rushmore that I thought Dale Murphy belongs in the yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think he did. should get in here. I think Don
0: Mattingly deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Donnie Baseball is going to get in. This is exactly where he fits in, and it's excellent. Yeah, that's exactly
2: right. Now, yeah. do you think Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in? With the Culture Club, yeah. Do you? I think probably so. I don't know if Rafael Palmeiro will, because those three guys are all attached to steroids, whether they used or not. Like Roger Clemens is going to deny it for the rest of his life. Barry Bonds is going to deny it for the rest of his life. Totally. But there is evidence pointing to the contrary. I I do think that they will get in, but I don't know that Rafael Palmeiro is on that next level of guys who did test positive for steroids. Right. He was like. One of those guys who was good and was great, whereas Bonds was great and then legendary with steroids.
0: Just stratospheric. Yeah. And I
2: think that's the level the guys have to be if they're attached to steroids. They have to be the legendary level. You can't yeah. be great. You, you, a great player can get in the Hall of Fame, but you got to be legendary if you're on steroids. And that's one of the reasons I feel like Bonds will get
0: in. He will. He and it will. makes sense. I think sense Clemens too. will get in for the same reasons.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the guys who
0: deserve it, like Donnie Baseball, deserves it absolutely. Because there's 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 literally nothing to besmirch his name. There's no question. There's nothing but good to say about him from his Mm -hmm. teammates, from the people who've played for him, all of his managers, all the fans. Like everybody loves Don Mattingly. So, right. This is this, and this is what the Culture Club is for, and it's awesome.
2: It is. I do think it's funny. I thought it was funny that I said Albert Bell on there because he was really good for like three years. I felt like, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> I don't think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Fred McGriff, um, Fred McGriff, I feel like really benefited from playing for the Braves, yeah, um, because the, those were his peak years, so everybody mm-hmm. saw him, you know, but right now, I don't think. I don't think he's a hall of famer. Um, Kurt Schilling, I think could get in and probably should could.
0: get in. He should. Yeah. Cause the only reason people he's not in now is cause everybody hates him. Right. Yeah. Personality problem. But this is, this is where he should get in as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Now the candidates must receive 75% of the votes on the ballots. The ballots will be cast by a 16 member culture club is what we call them. And, uh, Those selected will be inducted July 23rd, 2023. So that's how this is going to work. So,
2: Very cool. So we'll keep an eye out for that because it is fun to see guys who like probably should have gotten in but didn't. Like I said, Dale Murphy should be in. And that was like forever ago, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Same thing with with Donnie Baseball and and Schilling. Donnie just didn't ever play in a postseason uh, up until the very last year of his career. So yeah,
2: yeah. And that's a problem. And and that's a problem for the team that he played for. Just like Ken Griffey Jr.'s problem was the team that he played for just never made it to the World Series. Else, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So if got there's that your... last
0: vote. Just say
2: it. <laughs> Probably would <laughs> have. Would've. I that bet if he dangerous. had played in a World Series, he would have gotten that last vote. Yeah, I bet you're right. That <laughs> was the difference. Yeah. So there's your Culture Club uh, Hall of Fame ballot. Let's move on and talk about draft lottery. So guys who are legendary to guys who have not played yet now right major league mm-hmm. baseball is changing things up to curb non-competitive behavior aka tanking mm-hmm. they agreed to the draft lottery and the new collective bargaining agreement and i think it's a great way to go the nba does it and the nba does it it, it helps right yeah. uh for the most part um if i feel like there's no halfway point right like teams are going to be like okay if we're going to be bad we got to be bad all year long so we can get a lottery spot and uh yeah anyway it yeah. helps for the most part i feel like so this is the new structure of the mlb draft as far as how the lottery works picks one through six will be determined by lottery so if you're if you have the sixth worst record in mlb you have a chance to get the first pick so yeah. if you're going to tank you just have to be one of the six worst teams to get right. that lottery pick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which, and those teams are the Nationals, the Athletics, the Pirates, Reds, Royals, Tigers, Rangers, Rockies, and Marlins. So now one thing
2: that is funny is that the Rangers were not tanking this year. They were not right. trying to be bad. They spent a whole bunch of money trying to be good, and they still ended up bottom six, Yeah, which is really interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Because uh, so, I think they're the only team on that list who didn't tank. Yeah, Maybe the Rockies. They were just in a tough division. Um, Yeah, I don't think the Rockies tanked. Yeah, I don't think so. They were just that bad. But anyway, (laughs) then picks seven through eighteen are non postseason, non lottery teams in reverse order from the previous year's standings. So that would just be the seventh. The team with the seventh worst record has the seventh pick, and all the way through number eighteen. Picks nineteen through twenty two, wild card series losers. Picks 23 through 26, division series losers. The Mariners would fall into that category. Picks 27 and 28 are the championship series losers. Uh, that would be the Yankees would fall in there. Yeah. And then pick 29 is going to be the Phillies because they're the world series loser. And then pick 30, it's a world series winner. The Houston Astros will have that pick. I remember when the Mariners, or not the Mariners, when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, um, when the NFL draft came around, my buddy is like, man, I really hate having the 32nd pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah.
0: Number 32.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, did you see what I did there? I was like, that yeah, was nice. Really good. It was so good. Very good. I like it. Yeah, so- picks number
0: 19 through 30 are already set in stone. Like the Rays are 19, Blue Jays 20, 21 Cardinals, 22 Mets, etc. All the way to the Astros at number 30. That's right.
2: Yep. So... Keep an eye on the on the draft lottery coming up. That's going to be December 6th. That's a Tuesday. There will be a live broadcast on MLB Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, for for that. So we can actually watch that unfold. That'll be fun. Yeah, I like I that. I always be, like watch watching it. the NBA draft lottery to see how that unfolds. So I'm excited the baseball is doing it now. Yeah. I think it's a good way to do things. Okay. Moving on. Let's talk about Matt Holiday. He still has not touched home plate, by the way. <laughs> breaking news for everyone
0: breaking news (laughs) breaking (laughs) news Brad's still bitter
2: (laughs) (laughs) but legitimate breaking news about Matt Holliday he has been brought on as the bench coach for the St. Louis Cardinals good for him I I think this is a great thing for him um I feel like he's a guy who would do well as a manager he seemed like he was popular among his teammates um i the only reason I make that joke all the time is because I watched so much Rockies baseball that year <laughs> because yeah. of where I was living. And yeah, really I felt fair. like I felt like his teammates really liked him a lot. And he, he's a great leader and he'd be make a great manager. Eventually he will get that that call, I feel like, and he's going to be a big league manager in probably three, four, maybe five years from now.
0: Yeah, he's a great so. choice. When he was playing for the Yankees, he was huge culturally in the clubhouse and, and with leadership and sort of bringing that mellow to the team. It was a big yeah. deal. Yeah, that's cool. And it, yeah, I think it's great for him. I love
2: seeing former players who played in our time that we yeah. want play. You know, yeah. I like seeing these guys come in to be managers like Rocco Baldelli. I was really excited for him when yeah. he got the job with uh, with the twins. So that's very cool. Good for him. Now let's get into this real quick before we take a break. Awards finalist. And by real quick, I mean, this is gonna take some time. So let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> First off, we have gold glove winners. They have been announced. Let's get into it. Um, Brig, do you want to lead us off with uh, the National League?
0: Yeah, I'll take you through the National League. Gold glove National League Award winners catcher, JT Realmuto for the Phillies. First base, Christian Walker, Diamondbacks. Second base, Brendan Rodgers for the Rockies. Shortstop, Dansby Swanson for the Braves. Third base, Nolan Arenado for the Cardinals. Left field, Ian Happ for the Cubs. Center field, Trent Grisham for the Padres. Right field, Mookie Betts for the Dodgers. Pitcher would go to Max Fried Braves. And this year's utility player goes to Brendan Donovan for the Cardinals.
2: Very cool. I'm
0: so excited about the utility player, Gold Glove. Can we just sit and talk about how great that is for a minute?
2: I think it's awesome because I feel like the utility player is so important to every roster, but they get zero love. Zero love at all. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. And you could reach way further back into baseball history to name this award, the Utility Player Award, but it should have its own award. And you could call it the Ben Zobrist Award, and it would be totally appropriate. You could. You You know what?
2: The NBA has the sixth man of the year award. They should have a Utility Player of the Year Award.
0: They I should think right. Yeah, take I'm it beyond like the it, gold glove. Yeah. The gold glove the gold glove is great. They should have that, but then give make one guy the ultimate utility player of the year in each league. Yeah. I'm and and maybe even do Rob. away with do away with the, the gold glove for that if you want. I don't care. As long as you yeah, I, I mean, want one of the take. two.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. I think we need to send an email to Rob. Let him know that we have this yeah, idea. we call him tomorrow. Yeah, FaceTime. Got them on speed down. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. But at this point, I'm ex I'm excited that Christian Walker got one with the D backs because next year when I go to games, that's just one more gold glove I get to go look at in the museum they have out there. Yeah, Super it's a cool. cool museum. It's way cool. If you haven't been to Chase Field, go check that museum out. It's really cool. You get to see you get to see a commissioner's trophy. I had never seen one before because most stayed the stadium I've been to most of my entire life was the Mariners. So right anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right, the They're American cool. League. The American League catcher is Jose Trevino with the New York Yankees. First base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the third with the Blue Jays. Second base, Andres Jimenez with the Guardians. Shortstop, Jeremy Pena with the Astros. No surprise there. Third base, Ramon Urias with the Orioles. Left field, Stephen Kwan with the Guardians. Good for him. Center mm-hmm. field, Miles, Miles Straw with the Guardians. Right field, Kyle Tucker with the Astros. No surprise there. And the pitcher is Shane Bieber with the Guardians. And utility player is DJ LeMahieu with the Yankees. Finally getting his due. Finally. (laughs) He would be utility player of the year. Like every year, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe just name it the DJ LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I totally agree with you. This is the first Yankee to win a gold glove since Brett Gardner did it in 2016, by the way.
2: That's really interesting. I didn't Which know. is
0: an astonishing statistic that I think is worth noting. Well, I
2: mean, yeah, Trevino, but so they're the first yeah, two. But that's what Williams I mean. Like these, yeah. these
0: guys are the first ones yeah, that's since crazy. Uh, 2016. That's
2: absolutely and Trevino,
0: absurd. can we just uh, announce that Trevino is far superior to Gary Sanchez? Thank you. Oh, big time. Yeah.
2: Especially defensively, because Gary Sanchez is a mess defensively. They don't even the, have him catching in Minnesota. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. The appropriate, uh, I think the scientific response to that here is, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you almost got a spit take out of me, Brick. Yeah. <laughs> I feel quite strongly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> he's, a great, he's, a, he's an appropriate DH. Like, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's his position as DH. He does not belong behind the plate. No, no, he doesn't.
2: Unless he's I in told Oakland, you, that'd be and okay. And I think I told you several several years ago, well, you got Sean Murphy there. You don't want to take him out from behind the plate. Is he still going to be there, though? Probably. I'm sure he will. He'll probably be there the rest of his life. But I think I told you, you, right. you several years ago that it hurt my eyes to watch Gary Sanchez play behind the plate.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you did. And I was <laughs> Team Gary back then a little bit. So I, You were. Uh, you... <laughs> You definitely called it way before the rest of us did. <laughs> well done.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah. All right, let's move on to awards finalists. We Those have been announced. They are officially announced today. Um, we have our Rookie of the Year finalists, Manager of the Year, Cy Young Awards, and MVP award finalists. Um, okay. For the American League, I'll just get right into the American League here. For the okay. MVP, the big daddy of them all, you've got Jordan Alvarez with the Astros, Aaron Judge with the Yankees, and of course, Shohei Ohtani with the Angels. Um, go ahead with the NL, and then we'll get it. We'll do predictions for the MVPs after we get into the NL.
0: Okay, National League MVP award finalists: Paul Goldschmidt, first base for the Cardinals. Super Duh. Nolan Arenado, third base for the Cardinals, and also with the Cardinals. No, I'm just kidding. But we do have Manny Machado, third <laughs> base for the Padres, the Friars. That's the National League MVP finalists. Brett, who do you Interesting got? Interesting
2: picks. So for the AL, I'm going to go with Judge. Uh, yeah. You can't have the kind of year he had and not and not win the MVP, even though I feel like Shohei Otani is literally the most valuable player in the league. Yeah. Um, I, I think that just you can't give it to him every year, so I think Judge gets it with the year he had. The fact that he was – I mean, he hit 62 home runs and then still even finished in the running
0: for a triple crown. Please,
2: you don't give it to anybody
0: else. Well, and don't forget how wonderful he is as a defender. Like, he's just a terrific defender. Right.
2: Yeah. He's, and this is the thing is like, I've always felt like he was a good defender, but I feel like he was even better this year than he's been before. It was more than just the arm, it was the glove, too. The glove. Yeah.
0: And the, the hustle. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. For Aaron sure. Judge all the way for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the National League, who do you have there? Goldie.
2: Goldie. Yeah. Paul yeah. Goldschmidt. I would like to see Machado win one, but at the I same would too. Time, um, Goldschmidt with the year that he, same thing year that he had, he was contending for a triple crown up until like the last week of the season almost. So I I think you've got to give it
0: to him for sure. You have to. Uh, And I'm with you. I want Machado to win one and Machado stepped it up quietly in years previous with the Friars this year with Tatis bowing out because of his stupidity. We now have Machado stepping up in a far more substantial leadership role. I think that that has value, but it's not statistic value, statistical value. There's no empirical data to back up the leadership. So that's the reason you can't give it to Machado over Paul Goldschmidt. That's the only reason, but that's why. Yep,
2: Yep, I agree. I agree because I think if if they were to take into account the role guys had in the clubhouse, it would get a whole lot messier. So I think they have to just look, this is what's going on on the field. Totally. Anyway, all right, let's go into Cy Young. AL Cy Young, we've got Dylan Cease with the White Sox, Alec Manoa with the Blue Jays, and Justin Verlander with the Astros as your American League Cy Young Award finalists.
0: National League Cy Young Award finalist Sandy Alcantara, right-handed pitcher for the Marlins, Max Fried, left-handed pitcher for the Braves, and Julio Urias, left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers. Um, for the American League, as much as I hate
2: to say it, you've got to give it to Justin Verlander. Me too. Just because you don't finish sub two with a sub-2 ERA, at 39 years old, after Tommy John, and not win an award for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 185 strikeouts. One, not just sub two, but 1.75 ERA. It's it's insane. Yeah, yeah. yep. And if he wins this year, season, he'll be the he'll be the 11th pitcher to win three. Wow, good for him. Who do you have in the National League? Sandy, Sandy, all the way. You? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. It's yeah. not even close.
0: No, not even close. These other guys are nice. They're for, they're fun. <laughs> right. Urias Sandy. had a great year.
2: Had a great he did. year. So did Max. Uh, Max Fried is going to have plenty of opportunities most likely. Yes. to yeah. win one. But a few guys have the year that that Alcantara had with uh, yep. with the Marlins. So, yeah, he's going to he's going to win it all the way. And the one that I've been waiting for all year now, Brig, the rookie yeah. of the year. American League Rookie of the Year finalists, we have Stephen Kwan with the Guardians, Julio
0: Rodriguez, Julio, Julio! with the Mariners, and
2: Adley <laughs> Rutschman with the
0: Orioles. National League Rookie of the Year finalists, Brendan Donovan with the Cardinals, Michael Harris II with the Braves, and Spencer Strider with the Braves. We I all know who you have, Braves. Brad. Oh, yeah. 1,000%
2: I've got Julio.
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah. I think I would have gone with Adley Rutschman had he come into the league just a little sooner.
2: If he had a full season, it would be much tighter. Um, yeah. But with Julio coming in and setting records the way that he did as a as a rookie, that there's no way anybody else can win it.
0: So no. he's he's one of three – I'm reading this. He's 21 years old. He's one of three rookies ever to win both 25 home runs – or excuse me, to win, to have both 25 home runs, 25 steals – since mike trout
2: the first since mike trout
0: yeah and one of three ever yeah yeah you can't not give him the rookie. you know nope. you have to so. <laughs> Super yeah. duh. what about the national yep. league who do you have in the national league i'd probably give it to spencer strider why you gotta be picking my picks bro <laughs> oh did i <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Baseball family, we overlap a lot, but this is outrageous. <laughs> this is outrageous. But I think
2: it's also just like a lot of this is like, like a super duh,
0: right? It's a little bit of a no brainer. Like they almost have
2: to put they almost have to put guys in here as finalists just to just as a formality to fill out the ballot or something or whatever, you know. Yeah. And yeah. but no, I think Strider's your guy all the way. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and because he's a rookie, he's just out of the uh you know, Cy Young opportunities. So Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I think he'd be in the Cy Young talks. He could be. Yeah. Yeah, he very well could be. Okay. American
2: League Manager of the Year. Your candidates or your finalists are Terry Francona of the Guardians, Brandon Hyde of the Orioles, and Scott Service of the Mariners.
0: National League Manager of the Year finalists, Dave Roberts of the Dodgers, Buck Showalter of the Mets, Brian Snitker of the Braves. So you know, <laughs> you know who I
2: am. We'll get into that. You know who I have in the American League. Obviously, Scott Service. I feel like he's so deserving, and I said this at the beginning of the season. He was going to be deserving because the Mariners are going to make the playoffs, and I still think that's why he's deserving, even with the talent that he had on that team.
0: I would, I would love to see Scott Service win it. I'm going to go with Brandon Hyde because the turnaround was insane.
2: Yeah. It was insane. Like Absolutely.
0: It was, we all had whiplash. I still have whiplash. Yeah. Oh, and especially
2: at the trade deadline, we're like,
0: what are you doing getting rid of Mancini? Right. Oh, you're better without him? What the what? What the, the what? what? You're going to bring in a bunch of rookies? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And it worked? You're still just barely going to miss the playoffs? What? Yeah, it worked. And I would give, like, nothing against Terry Francona. He's great. But it's this is more about uh, Terry's players than it is about, like, well, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to this say. This
2: is the thing. This is the thing. So, like, there are certain guys who could win it every single year, right? Like, I'm going to go back Thank to the you. NBA. Like, like Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson, Jerry Sloan, those guys could have won Coach of the Year every single year. But you've got to mm. give it to a guy who has an outstanding year doing something above and beyond, right? And so right. I could see – I could absolutely see for that reason – the argument for Brandon Hyde yeah right
0: that's why that's, I think it deserves to be Brandon Hyde and that's
2: one of the reasons that I say with Scott Service though is because he got the monkey off the back of an entire organization of
0: a two-decade-long playoff drought well but Brandon Hyde took the ballpark attendance from like 3,000 a game to like Twenty-seven thousand a game, or some craziness? Right?
2: Yeah, he did. I thought you were going to stop at the number three, not say three. No.
0: <laughs> three no, he people, three in the ro- fans. He made, he made three roster moves, and it you know 10 10xed his attendance in the yeah, stadium. It did. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's amazing. Can we move on though? Because yeah, let's the, get to the NL. The National League Manager of the Year is, is has a huge problem here. Philly Rob is nowhere on this list. Right. I am not happy. In in fact, I'm I'm offended. I don't I'm care not, how long he was in there, and that's why. I don't care. I that, don't care what he was thing, able like, to do is insane. Right the the turnaround was something else.
2: Right it was was unreal that he was able unreal. to take that team from where they were to make the playoffs. And then you can't you can't you cannot include the playoff run. no you can't it's a regular season award you cannot say he took him from that to the world series no he took him from Mm -hmm. that to the to the playoffs but i think part of it is they were supposed to make the playoffs i don't care with that roster they're supposed to and the fact that he was not there for the entire season i think is another reason that they're like no we can't include him that's why we're gonna have dave Roberts who won 111 games buck showalter who was incredibly dominant with the mets all season long and then brian snicker who kept the braves or the braves were the Best team for a a long stretch of the season. Yeah, like they their winning percentage for like what
0: was it like July to
2: the end of September was better than anybody, even the Dodgers.
0: And the Braves did strike out more than everybody else for the first like sixty days of the season. Yeah, a huge turnaround. So there is a huge turnaround there. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that Buck is on the list. Um. And you can't not have Dave Roberts on the list with 111 wins. Right. And and what was it, a, a 20-something game lead in his division? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, my argument against
2: Buck Showalter, though, is that, again, like with Philly Rob, the Phillies were supposed to be there. With yeah. that amount of talent, the Mets should be there. Yes. Right? Like, how much yes. of that was really Buck Showalter? <laughs> Plenty, probably. It it very well could be, but I feel like the Mets, with the amount of talent they have on that team, they're supposed to be where they were. Yeah,
0: they probably should. The have, they should have
2: won the division. Like maybe you take Buck Showalter off because they didn't win the division when they should have. See, And that's that's where I think
0: late. that's where I think you make a, a valid argument because the Braves climbed back and took it, just stole it right. It was like capture the flag on national television. Yeah. And that's I I say that's why Buck Showalter doesn't get the award. Yeah, let alone he shouldn't on yeah, the list. He shouldn't he should get it. it. No way. No. Think of the weird decisions he made going into the playoffs that last couple of series against just against the Yankees, right? Just that last the Subway Series, those couple of games where he didn't start Degrom. Like it makes no sense, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think he's made some weird decisions that that I think you move Buck out, you put R- Philly Rob in, and then Philly Rob wins. That's my pick. Is Philly Rob
2: <laughs> of the available finalists? <laughs> snicker. I've got
0: to, I've got to give it to Dave Roberts. Hmm. I'm giving it to Snicker. Hey, we disagreed. That's ah, wonderful. I knew we would on that one. <laughs> I knew we. Would I got to give managers. it to Snicker because of the strikeouts and the and all that
2: yeah and turning it around yeah yeah all right let's take a quick break when we get back we are going to talk about free agency it's so exciting
0: no matter which ballpark you're at you want to rep your team now you can with nine plus us welcome to the big city series with every design available in your team's colors you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road either way we have the colors you crave Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Baseball family, welcome back. Thanks for taking that quick break with us, and thanks for coming back to join us. We have free agency stuff on the menu for you today. The hot stove is lit. It is sizzling. The oil is hot, and here we go. First things first, we have to remind everybody that there are a lot of guys on the list of this year's free agency pool. It is a pretty overwhelming stack of talent, I would say. and. Yeah. But the detail that we cannot let get lost in the sauce is that the shift is going to be banned for the 2023 campaign. And that, I think, is going to play a huge role in who goes where and how they're valued on the trade market and and the free agency market right this season. That's what I think. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Guys like uh, Joey Gallo, Luke Boyd, and Anthony Rizzo
2: even. Yeah. When without a shift, I'm not going to say that they're – Batting average was at batting average or OPS will skyrocket, but it will certainly go up, and they'll have provide a lot more value to any lineup that they're in. Yeah, so, I think Rizzo's
0: going to benefit tremendously. I think mm-hmm. Voit definitely benefits from this, yeah. and I can see Gallo benefiting from this too. Yeah, absolutely, For Gallo. Sure. Carlos Santana, he was one of the top
2: two or three shifted on guys all season long. Same thing with Cal Raleigh, top yeah. two or three guy who was shifted on all on all season long. Those guys are going to have. Major benefits from it, and I'm actually really looking forward to it because we're gonna get back to to baseballs getting in play and guys getting on the basis. So it'll be a lot of fun.
0: First things first, Edwin Diaz is already off the market. The Mets signed him to a five-year 102 million dollar deal. That's the largest ever for a reliever. And those of you with long memories don't, you know, you remember other names that could have gotten a bag of money like this and did not. So this is the largest ever adjusted for inflation. Edwin Diaz <laughs> will be with the Mets for five more years. So get your trumpets out cuz it's happening.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how that five year how those five years play out because his 2021 season was not what he was in Seattle. No. And but then, you know, he came back this year, but like with a lot of closers and relievers, he could continue to go up and down. Totally. So it'll be interesting interesting to see what happens with him.
0: The cool I bet thing they, about – go ahead. Oh, I, was say, I I bet he gets traded year three. I was going to say what, what I can see happening and the cool thing about Edwin Diaz is I can see him flexing into a middle relief setup position as needed mm. and then working his stuff back out because he's never going to be bad. He's just not going to have lights out, door-closing stuff always.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. But he'll always be worth that money, just maybe in a different role. I think that's okay. Come in as an opener right, right. every every once in a while, a little later than that. Contract. I don't know that he
2: would get relegated to the opening opening role. I think if if he does tail off, that he'll be like a setup guy, like Diego Castillo with the Mariners. He was a closer in Tampa Bay. Yeah, he came to Seattle, and he was he was he was uh, Edwin Diaz a setup man in Seattle. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know. So, and that's kind of what his role has been since then. So anyway, well, right, let's get into, family,
0: yeah, what we want to do is we are going to go down this list and we've got 21 names on this list and we're just going to read them off rapid fire. And I want Brad to tell me where he thinks they're going to go. And then we will get into some of these two or three that we think bear a ton of discussion. And we're going to, we're going to do it that way. You ready, Brad? I'm ready. Okay. And then you can quiz me, but okay. I'm going to quiz you first. That'd be fun. All right. Let's rapid talk. fire style. Ready? Yep. Sean Manaya Angels. Aaron Judge. San Francisco. Jacob DeGrom. Astros. Carlos Correa. Dodgers. Trey Turner. Phillies. Xander Bogarts. Mariners. Justin Verlander. Tigers. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Go. Okay, okay. You ready? Yep. Brandon Nimmo. Brewers, Carlos Rodon, Twins, Dansby Swanson, Twins, Clayton Kershaw, Dodgers, Wilson Contreras, Angels, Anthony Rizzo, Yankees, Chris Bassett, Blue Jays. Whoa,
2: you ready? Yeah, Josh Bell, uh, Red Sox, Nate Evaldi, Guardians. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Mets. Jose
0: Abreu. I was going down the wrong part of my list. (laughs) Guardians. Andrew Benintendi. Padres. Kenley Jansen. Red Sox. Andrew Haney. Giants. J.D. Martinez.
2: The Yankees.
0: Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I see what you did there.
2: Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yep. I think he's another guy who's gonna benefit from the shift. Totally. The shift Most definitely. I think Verlander goes home. Um I've been talking to Jason a lot and a lot of a lot of talk in uh, Philadelphia is that they they're considering it a done deal that Trey Turner is going to
0: the Phillies. Well, like to the stop. point that they're like Gene Segura. Yeah, he's out. Gene yeah. Segura's out for sure. Philly's shopping a shortstop hardcore right now. Big time. Well, yeah, everybody knows that.
2: Yeah, well, I think that I think they want Turner to play second base.
0: I think so too,
2: because they got Bryson Stott at shortstop, and that's yeah. what I think it is. I think that they've got Segura going out, and then they're going to bring in Trey okay. Turner to fill in the spot at second
0: base. Okay. And you think Trey Turner is okay with that? I think he is. Okay. I think he would be. Yep. That's fascinating. I'm glad you said that. And you'll you'll it'll make sense why I say they're shopping a shortstop and then said I think so too when you said second base, because I have an idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, are you ready, right. Brick? I'm ready. Okay. Manaya, San Diego. Judge. New York Mets. DeGrom. Texas. Ooh. Correa. Boston. Turner. Seattle. Second base. Bogarts, Pittsburgh, Verlander, Houston. Hmm. Okay. Nimmo. And the only reason I put no. Bogarts in Pittsburgh is because I didn't know what to do with him. Back off. <laughs> I just threw it out there. I don't actually believe anybody's going to Pittsburgh. They have O'Neal Cruz anyway. I don't care, Brad. I needed something. I just put Pittsburgh.
2: Shut up. Play Bogarts. second base. He'll play second base in Pittsburgh. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah.
0: Nemo. Mets. Rodon. Texas Rangers. Swanson. Resigns in Atlanta. Kershaw. Dodgers. Contreras. St. Louis. Rizzo. Boston. Bassett. Baltimore. Mm. (laughs)
2: okay okay (laughs) i like that that's good
0: that's good
2: okay all right okay okay bell baltimore abreu
0: san diego
2: benintendi toronto uvaldi toronto jansen atlanta Heaney, the Mets, and J.D. Martinez,
0: the Yankees.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's funny. The only one we like the only one we overlapped on was uh and J.D. Was Martinez. The crazy the one. Very yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. So let's talk – can we talk Danzy Swanson just for a minute? Have and to. Then, and then there's a couple I want to – let's just talk shortstop position for a minute. Okay, okay? it's a big deal. Shortstop yeah. slash second base because I want to talk about this. So first off, Danzy Swanson, yeah. you have him staying in Atlanta. You think they'll pony up the money despite having paid everybody else what they've paid them? Yep. You don't think they're going to try to pull a, a Matt a Olson? Houston? uh
0: What do you mean pull a Matt Olson?
2: Go for somebody else who would be fine oh. signing for a little bit less money. Um, who might actually be an upgrade.
0: Like who? That's the problem. Know. Unless they know that's something true. about their farm system, like the Jeremy Pena situation in Houston, that we don't know, which is possible. But I say that's right. the only reason they get rid of Dansby. Unless they're going to go throw a bag of money at one of these other four guys. Because that's the thing.
2: is, like, I wonder if... This is the question is what value are you getting out of the player for what you're paying? Like, is it right. worth paying Dansby Swanson what he wants versus what you would get out of a Carlos Correa for paying some paying a little bit more? Would it be worth upping? Can you afford a little upping bit that more. contract? That, I don't know. They're already paying a whole lot of money for a bunch of other guys.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's why I think you take the, the discount because even Dansby Swanson's desired amounts are going to be lower than Trey Turner and uh, and Carlos Correa, and, Correa even, and even Bogarts. Even Bogarts, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, that's why I say he stays in Atlanta. But I, unless they know, unless there's a kid in the farm system we don't know about, and that's possible, could be. Yeah, could and they be. take a developmental hit for the first mm, 20, 30 games of the season? I could see that.
2: Yeah. I mean, they've shown that they can come back from that kind of that kind of right play, that kind of hole, right?
0: And Snicker sorry. knows what he's doing, so there's no I don't have any issues
2: there. Yeah, yeah you could be right on that. Let's talk. Let's what see. about Xander Bo? Or sorry, not not Xander Bogart. It's Trey Turner. So I talked a lot about Trey Turner with Philly.
0: Yeah, tell me tell me more about this break. J.P. Crawford is going to stay at shortstop, right? No questions asked. I think that uh, Trey Turner knows what he wants from culture. If he can get the money he wants, he'll go where the culture fit is. And I think he would be an amazing addition to the culture you guys have going on in Seattle. I
2: think you're absolutely right. And you know what? When I said Bogarts, I had him at second base too. Right. Because J.P. Crawford is staying at shortstop.
0: That's right. So I think if the Mariners are smart, then they throw a bag of money at him. Because they're not paying a bag of money to a lot of people right now, right? They can they can throw a bag of money at a guy like Trey Turner who has tons of leadership capabilities, tons of postseason experience, oh, and he time. could he could really anchor this 2023 run you keep talking about. He could
2: big time. I would love to have Trey Turner on that team, like so 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 much,
0: especially with the shift ban and now all the balls in play and all the stolen base opportunities and Trey Turner's. freaking wheels dude like it would be pandemonium
2: well seattle likes to run too and this is the other thing is that second base over the last few years has been a position where guys haven't had to have a lot of range because they put that second baseman like you see altube playing a shallow right field he's not playing second base he's playing shallow right field but now with the shift ban the rule is cleats on the dirt so you've got to have a second baseman who has better range yeah because you're not you don't have your shortstop behind second base anymore right Brilliant. So it makes sense, and that's exact. I'm sure that's exactly what Depoto is going to be wanting to look for: is a second baseman with range. So why not move 100%. a shortstop over there?
0: Hundred percent. And if and if you can get one of these guys, it doesn't even have to be Trey, Trey Turner. We just know Trey Turner can really do well at second base. Yeah, that's why I think if you're lucky, you Seattle ends up with Trey Turner. I think you're right. And you know
2: what? He's played a lot of second base in his career. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was primarily a second baseman in 2021 with the dot when he, uh, when he went to the Dodgers Um, was more a second baseman than anything. His
0: rookie season. I don't get the impression that he's going to say, and if I'm not a shortstop, I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't get that impression from him. I think he wants to be on the right team at the right time. And I think Seattle's a great place to do that.
2: He would definitely put him over the top. Oh yeah, because that's that's the bat they need. Yeah. That's the oh the yeah. speed that's the position they the need. Glove. The speed. Oh my. The goodness. leadership. Look Let's, at you. Please don't get my hopes up. Just
0: look at you, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> I think I don't know if it'll come true, but that's the perfect fit for Seattle, and it could be a perfect fit for Trey Turner. Yeah.
2: I, I think it's a perfect fit. I've thought it's a perfect fit for so long. I've mostly brig. I've talked myself out of it just because I don't want to. Like I said, I want to get my hopes up and get let down. That yeah. Xander Bogarts is like my bargain version of Trey Turner, and I'm like just fine with him being a second
0: baseman. Totally, but but Trey and Turner he, and is he'd, like, be he'd be good. It'd be fine. But Trey Turner is what you want. Yep, definitely. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because yeah, I would be fine with Correa, but he's gonna want to play shortstop which would yeah, put J.P. Crawford is. in second base. And I think that J.P. Crawford would make a fine second baseman. And having those two up the middle would be amazing. Unbelievable. And having his bat in the lineup would be amazing too. But Unbelievable. But so I think J.P. Okay, Crawford is going to stick a
0: shortstop. I think so too. Let's shift to Verlander. You really think he's going to go home to Detroit for his last season, last two seasons or whatever it ends he up being? He doesn't have anything left to do. Why not? Yeah, you're right. Like he proved this year that he's like, the man and he has and he did say that
2: they're gonna have to peel that jersey off of him you know when it's time to go but i don't i don't think that'll be the case i think he's got more self-awareness than tom brady does and when kate upton says i want you home he's gonna be like okay that's hard do home.
0: they live in detroit i don't know
2: but it's it's the travel thing right Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. wherever she is yeah, wherever wherever their home is, eventually yeah. she's going to want him there because that's why Tom Brady's single now is because Giselle right. Buncheon wanted him home wherever home was, and yeah. he said, I want to go do this some more. So I think Justin Verlander values his relationship more than that, and he's when it's time to be done, he's going to be done. That's going to be the end of it. So I think oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to Detroit, has a little homecoming there, a farewell tour, one, maybe yeah. two years. I don't know. Two. It'll but, be two, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's what happens.
0: It looks like they live in Florida. And why wouldn't they? Well, and that's where they, they live near the Astros spring training facility, is what it looks okay. like. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They also so, live in Virginia. They have a home in Virginia. Probably that's amazing what you can probably have a find. home in Houston. <laughs> yeah, I just Googled that. That's a little uncomfortable. Sorry, I didn't mean to invade your privacy there, Justin. <laughs> Not what I intended at all. Okay, let's talk um, a couple of these names. You said Rizzo's going where? Back, to, I think he's going to go back to the Yankees. I think it's entirely possible, but I also think it's possible that he goes back to the organization that brought him up in Boston. Because they need a first baseman. They do. Yeah, that's why I put
2: Josh Bell there.
0: Yeah, they need a first baseman. Josh Bell would be great there, but um, I think, you know... I, it's it's gonna co- it's gonna come down to culture, and right now I think the Yankees hemorrhage culture. I think they're oh, literally yeah. they're rotting from the inside out. Yeah, and, and so it's, and
2: it's seeping into the stands.
0: It is, and everybody hates it. I'm mm-hmm. right there, and and Rizzo is such a culture dude. It's such, he's just emotional enough to to say I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, you know I'm surprised
2: honestly that the Red Sox don't attract more left-handed power hitters. Mm-hmm. Because we talk about the short porch in New York, it is way shorter in Boston, and literally shorter. Like that right field wall is like two feet high. It's two feet high. How far <laughs> is it though? Because that's that right field alley they have out there. It's three oh six down is the it? line. Yeah, it is super short down the right field oh, line. Wow! And then it juts out, and I want to say it goes to like three twenty six, three thirty yeah. something like that. But. Still it's
0: still short.
2: And then you got that massive alley in right in center field. Yeah. Like right center field right there. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why
0: left-handers don't just don't go to Boston. Yeah, I don't either. That's interesting. Mike, what do you think? Mike, let's call him. Yeah, that's we'll call yeah. Mike. We'll call Mike, but that's, that's been confusing <laughs> to me for decades break. Literally. Yeah, that's decades. interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, that, I like that. I, I really do think that, um, like if they can pay him, and they have what it takes to win I don't know what happened this year with Boston It was I mind-boggling I have no idea yeah. um yeah, but if they if they have what it takes to win so yeah and the culture's better clearly
2: maybe maybe that's the problem maybe yeah maybe it's know. just the Yankees make the headlines and the Red Sox don't
0: yeah I don't know who's to say maybe that's who's just because this say? season they made the headlines with all the other headlines I don't know it's yeah, a crazy it situation be. in New York. That's what I know. It very well. Any other be. names you want to get into that are that are Where interesting? did you have
2: DeGrom going again?
0: Uh eh, eh, Texas.
2: The Rangers. Yeah. They could certainly use him. Oh yeah. And it see and you know with his shoulder issue, like I love me some Jacob DeGrom. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But with his shoulder issue that does feel like a a problem that a lot of teams aren't going to offer him the kind of money that he wants. And I feel like the Rangers would. But I also feel like the Astros would because the Astros have such a deep starting rotation anyway that, like, if, if Verlander goes, if Verlander leaves, yeah. right, they're going to be like, well, we need we need to bring in somebody new. Yeah. Let's bring in DeGrom. Another ace. Totally. replace the ace. We can lighten his load with the guys we have around him, and it will work just fine. That's that why I, I agree thought, with. That's why I thought the Astros. But I think Texas makes sense, too, because they need pitching in a major way.
0: Yep, they do. And think time. of what he could infuse into the younger guys coming up that they're making up that team with. Mm-hmm. Could be really cool. I don't know. I just yep. think that it's also not New York at all. Right. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> it's about as far and away from that environment as you get. Exactly. And the people in Texas love their guys. Just love them. Yeah. So you're not going to get up and down fan love and hate and all that junk like you get right. in New York. And, and yeah, I feel like, I feel like what Texas is trying to build is really steady. It's slow, but it's smooth. And if they can keep being slow and smooth, we're going to be in good shape in Texas. So I think he'd be a good fit there. I think you're right. I think it'd be
2: a great spot for him, big time. And I mean, you've got, you've got some studs there. You've got Corey Seeger, right? Simeon. Dallas garcia yeah they're just and i think he's got a really good catcher in Jonahheim, too
0: that's a good point i forgot i didn't
2: think about that so i think it's a good mm. platform I, I think i think both of us in a way are going to be right that he's going to be in texas good <laughs> in chance <the> state.
0: <laughs> that's awesome and i
2: hadn't even thought about that until today to be completely honest with you yeah how much both of those places make sense
0: they do make sense And we're we're going to be way wrong, too. It's totally possible because there are 28 other options. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, yes. The most meaningless predictions.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then when we do get one right, we take the victory lap and we disregard all the others that we get wrong. That's 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 how predictions work. (laughs) All right. We take a quick break and we get back. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap up the World Series. How about it? The Nunther Sports Podcast. The non Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports, from current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the non Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. welcome back baseball family so the world series wrapped up the other day and if you have not been paying attention or forgot or something i don't know the houston astros won they beat the philadelphia phillies four games to two there you have it thanks for joining we'll catch you next week thank you (laughs) but despite that all being true we're not going to wrap up we're going to wrap up this series by actually talking about things that we saw some takeaways things like that um It was really interesting. So Jewel and I recorded the final episode this year of the Seattle Baseball Together podcast last night, and we were talking about how the Phillies played the Astros. And it was really interesting some of the things that we came, I guess some of the conclusions that we came to, that we still felt like the Mariners were the most competitive team against the Astros the entire postseason. Because you look at what happened with Philly. Yes, they won two games. The Mariners were not able to win any. But in those two games that the Phillies won, one of them, the Astros pitcher, was tipping his pitches. Mm-hmm. Lance McCullough got up, right? Yeah. And then in the other one, you had a traditional, I guess traditional, Justin Verlander World Series start. Yep. Other than that, they're completely shut down to the point that they got no hit in the World Series. Like, Facts. That's how dominant the Houston Astros were in the World Series. It was really, it was really interesting to kind of like talk through it all and come to that conclusion that like it wasn't nearly as, it wasn't quite as competitive as it looked.
0: You're right. right. Yeah. Now, once you break it down like that, in hindsight being 2020, that's that's true because the devil is in the details, and that's where they got picked apart. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, I was a uh, real world o-
2: time they only left game, well, they only led game one for like 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, something like that yeah. is what is what Nick Castellanos said. He's like, takes 15 minutes to hold a lead. That's all you got to do. But sorry, yeah, go ahead.
0: Awesome. And I cut you off. No, it's OK. I was saying that uh, on Instagram, one of our followers on Instagram went back after the World Series ended to comment on my game one predict or a game one takeaway. And he said, well, that didn't age well. <laughs> 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 and I thought it was really good. <laughs> I haven't commented back yet, but I mean to. So if you're listening, I got you. You're right, and it's awesome.
2: It is funny, though. that it, After game <laughs> one, I, I think mostly for game one for all of us, it was the shock, right? That The Phillies were to come out and just punish Verlander the way they did. It like, well, maybe they can do something here because they do have a ton of firepower in that, in that lineup. They, they should do. be getting home runs off of everybody. But the other thing we saw is that home runs aren't going to win you the World Series. Listen, Brad, that's exactly right. That's all I had to say. You're right. Well, there we go. (laughs) The end. So this this was... um, So one of my takeaways from game six, so I did takeaways for game six, and one of the things I said was the 2017 Astros brought you you launch angle and won the World Series that way, aside from everything else, right? Their their philosophy was launch angle. And then everybody went with it after that. But now, 2022, the Astros are like, Okay, we are good at hitting dingers. That will get us to the World Series. But the thing that's going to take us over the top and help us win the World Series is pitching. So they relied so heavily on their pitching this entire postseason run. During the World Series, the Astros only averaged three and two thirds runs per game. Holy cow! And they Through still the won it. Postseason? Well, in the World Series, in the World oh, Series. Oh, okay. I was like, but ugh. I don't think it. I don't think it's much above that. No, I think I think you're right. An eight to seven game against the Mariners in Game One of the of the division series is really going to up that number. But other than that, nothing else will.
0: I wonder what the run differential is. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, that I thought it was really interesting that a team who didn't score a whole lot of runs, they did rely a lot on the home run. But in the World Series, it was stringing together doubles. That's like, what, what was a the game two. They started with three doubles in a row. Yeah, four doubles that's in right. a row.
0: And Jeremy Pena, I feel like, was at the heart of all of that, especially during the postseason run, while Altuve wasn't even functional. Oh yeah, ice
2: cold Altuve was yeah. was a problem, but Jeremy Pena made up for all of it
0: with yeah. working then, long
2: at bats, getting uh, getting Gordon Alvarez up. Who, by the way, speaking of ice cold, right? I was just almost say forgot that. to show
0: up to the World Series. Almost, and then finally <laughs> he just decided that he would, I don't know, put his cleats on or something.
2: In game it six, was pretty win, cool.
0: by the way, Yeah,
2: Philly Rob decided to go lefty-lefty in a big mm. moment. He, he must have forgotten to watch game one of the division series. <laughs> 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 Where you don't put a left-handed pitcher up against Jordan Alvarez with two on. By the way, by the everybody way. take note. Jot that down. Just put that in your pipe. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: I agree. I don't know, man. It's... It's astonishing. I, I, those statistics are really interesting to me because it didn't feel dominant, right? It felt competitive for a lot longer than it was. It did because it it felt mm. for a lot of it. Even when the Phillies were down five,
2: in what was it? In oh, when they're getting no hit. Yeah, yeah. You felt like eventually it's like okay, well they can't get no hit. It's the World Series, right? right. Like something's got to break through, and then and then another one will break through, and they'll string them together, and it'll and they'll come back. Yeah, and they even drew walks late in the game where it's like, okay, they did. Like, here we go. Yeah, it's like here we go. Okay, here's the opportunity. You know, put one in the gap. You got two guys coming around to score, and you're gonna have a game again. But it just never happened. Pitching and defense was the calling card for the Astros this postseason, and it worked. It worked. Yeah,
0: it really did. Yeah, they shut
2: down the Phillies' offense. They shut down big time the Yankees' offense too,
0: bro the Yankees shut down the Yankees offense (laughs) like don't even you can't even I mean you have to give the Astros some credit but you can't give them all the credit that was some major internal struggling going on I think there was but I wonder if some of the internal struggle came from frustration from
2: the Astros pitching sure because they were they were so 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 good, unreal good yeah,
0: starting, yeah starting
2: pitching, bullpen, all of it front to back. And I'm curious if we're going to see a shift again because in professional sports are copycat leagues. Like somebody oh, wins, yes. right, right? Like the Astros won with launch angle in 2017, and everybody goes, let's go launch angle. And then you see it all across the league. But yeah. now it's going back to the old philosophy of pitching, and I'm curious if small ball goes along with that.
0: With the shift being banned, shift will. being banned, exactly. That's what it is. And you've got your, your managers who are going to understand that, like Buck Walter, like Dusty Baker, uh, that they, are really going to just – they're going to shine. These old-school managers are really going to have a heyday this year. I think they will, and it'll be interesting to see
2: how things like the bunt come into play because it's almost been completely eliminated from the game.
0: Right? Uh, ex- unless your name's Kyle Schwarber – and you bunt yourself out of an at bat. Oh. That was heartbreaking. I didn't understand what that call.
2: was he even doing?
0: I don't know if I, it was if he was told to do it or I don't think if he I don't his think he was I
2: don't think he was told to do it because I don't know why any manager would ever tell a guy to bunt with two strikes. I was I, And
0: I was, and this is the thing like no
2: this is the thing I said. I was like, I understand it. Okay. Bregman shifted. He's in the shortstop yeah. position. Nobody's expecting ever a bunt with two strikes. But you know what happens sometimes when you try to do something that nobody's expecting to happen in a moment where they're not expecting it to happen? You throw a pick on the one-yard line of the Super Bowl. That's what happens.
0: That's what happens. That's right.
2: You overthink or, it, and you
0: beat yourself. You beat, Yeah, you beat yourself. That's a great way to put it. That's Anyway, what yeah, a, that was weird. It was weird. A, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and infuriating and also like that's baseball susan right like the, that's a baseball Susan. Uh, you're Baseball's like right. uh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna yep, do
2: absolutely <laughs> big dummy <I> <laughs> yeah so brig we talked going into the world series about how some of the playoffs had been boring right like yeah yeah the alcs was pretty boring the, with yeah. the way that the astros dominated the yankees and um how did you feel about the World Series overall though? Like did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did.
0: Yeah. Did you?
2: Yeah, I did. I thought it was I thought it was fun to watch and it's like it's like you said like it didn't feel like domination in the moment. You had to go back and talk about it after to really figure out that that's what it was. Yeah. Um but no, I thought it was fun to watch. It was really enjoyable and like I said even when the Phillies were getting no hit, they were putting the ball in play and getting on base via walks. And he mm-hmm. felt like it was just a matter of time for him to get back into it. And the anticipation, yeah. it felt like, i felt more like I was watching a soccer game than anything with the anticipation building up. It's <laughs> yeah. the same energy. Like, good. okay, here it goes.
0: Here goes, Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Yeah. Regroup, regroup. Still
2: yeah. 0-0 in the 76th minute. You know? Yeah. That,
0: that's kind of how it felt with the Phillies. It's a good analogy. That is how it felt. No, I thought it was great. I, I think that for me, it's always the storylines, right? Like yeah. Nick Castellanos saving that game with that heroic diving catch out in left field. That was amazing. The coming back from a 5-0 deficit for Philly was amazing. Verlander figuring it out in what game four, whatever it was, was fantastic. I I just thought, you know, for me, it's the storylines. And Jeremy Pena was my favorite part of the entire situation. I know, and I was really upset that he was my favorite part because –
2: I, just, I, I can't cheer for a division rival, nor can I cheer for anybody on a division rival, but I was waiting for him to do something every single time he came up to bat. And every, he pretty much did. Every
0: time. His defense was impeccable the whole postseason, but especially in the World Series. And he committed a ton of errors early in the season. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Was it like yeah. 19 errors or some craziness? Something like um, that, yeah. Yeah, so I, I was really like – Talk about comeback storylines and rookie and then he won the MVP. It was fabulous. So much fun. Yeah,
2: it was a a good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, I just, I don't know, I'm already looking forward to next year, mostly because of my optimism for the Mariners. But uh, it does curb it a little bit, though, like the Astros coming in as World Series champions. Mm-hmm. because that was not part of my prediction, was not the Astros winning the World Series this year. <laughs> I thought, right. I thought that maybe they were going to start to tail off a little bit because they, they were losing guys and stuff like that. But it's like, well, shoot, now they've got Jeremy Pena. Kyle Tucker is going to be a legitimate MVP candidate next year, probably. Yeah, um, Jordan Alvarez totally will continue true. to be an MVP candidate next year, and the pitching yeah. is unbeatable. So what do you do?
0: You hire Trey Turner. As your and second you have you have to, you hire Trey Turner and you start zero and you build it all the way up. Yep, and you whip everybody. You got to beat the crap out of everybody in your division. But again, but there's that new weirdo schedule this year with the blended schedule. So yeah, yeah, the balanced schedule. Yeah, it's so good. you have to beat the teams you have to beat to yeah to come out on top this year, this 2023.
2: Yeah, I'm curious, uh, like, I don't, I don't like to compare year over year exactly just because rosters change, but I yeah. will be curious the plus or minus on, on the Astros, what, 101 wins this year? Yeah. And they even started slow, and they won 101 games. For sure. Yeah, so I'm slow. curious the plus or minus on that going into next year, like how they'll end mm-hmm. next year with the balance schedule, because they don't get to beat up on the A's every week. Exactly. You know, they don't get to beat up on the Rangers or the yeah. Angels, so... Or the Mariners, for that matter, because
0: that's hey, what they do. I wasn't going to say it, <laughs> but
2: that's, and that's true. One of the that's reasons why I hate I, the Astros because they that's always right.
0: beat up on the Mariners. That's right. So it'll be interesting because they're going to see the Yankees more, you know, than they would have during the regular season. They're going to see, mm-hmm. and, and then other teams that they never see. They're going to see them. It's yep. going to be awesome. Yeah, it's but they'll whoop up on Pittsburgh, you know. So we'll see.
2: Yep, that's they'll right. Balance out. Yep. So, Brig, before we wrap this up, I have one question for you going into the offseason. Okay. What are your TV viewing plans now that there's not any baseball on until February and
0: March? Uh, I don't know if you know, but there's this really nifty um, activity called reading.
2: Oh, right.
0: That is so fun, actually. <laughs> and it's wonderful. You don't have to be in front of a Te- television screen all the time, Brad. You're right. You can read a book. Ah, <laughs> uh, just grab one. I got them everywhere. <laughs> I know you it, do because I don't read. I I can't read as much during the season, and I'm I, so I'm going to be just mainlining books for the next little while, for the next hundred days or whatever. What are you going to do?
2: So that's actually one thing I'm going to be doing is I have a list of books that I want to read this off season. But in a couple weeks, like I am pumped for the World Cup that it's going to be a Thanksgiving oh, yeah. because yeah, I've got yeah, like yeah. five days off in a row over Thanksgiving and I'm just going to like mainline soccer into my veins this off season. I'm very excited. That's awesome. So there's that. And I'm Baseball family.
0: We want to hear from you. What, what are you planning on doing and what are you going to read honestly? And the reason we ask that is because we have a really exciting opportunity for you to get a little reading in this off season with us. That's a That's tease. That's right. That's a tease. We're going to leave it at that, but I've got the book right here. Oh, <laughs> you're not going to show it? <laughs> no. Amazing. It's this Fantastic. one. It's this book right here, baseball family. And if you want to read it with Brad and I, you can. Oh, I saw it. Maybe some eagle-eyed
2: viewer on YouTube will be able to figure out what it is. So, but yeah, you <laughs> anyway. But baseball family, thank you so much for joining us this baseball season. That was a ton of fun. It's a wild ride, start to finish. I had a blast with all of it. Um, my team obviously didn't end the way that I wanted to, but it's fine. That's the way it ends up for everybody but one fan base. So it is what it is. Amen. But like Brick said, let us know what you're going to be doing this off season. Jump in the mailbag, BaseballTogether.com, or the link down in the description. You can send us an email, and uh, maybe we'll do an episode where we just throw those out and we talk about what everybody's going to be doing during the offseason what of so, yeah, that's a great baseball
0: so that's a great idea
2: go ahead and tell them about the shop
0: well don't forget we have a shop where you can buy stuff that's baseball related and super cool i've got my baseball together official podcast t-shirt on brad's wearing his perfect tee today we have that design in hats by the way which is even better the other thing i want to alert you to is that uh, we've said this a couple of times but in case you're new we're not taking breaks we'll be here every week throughout the remainder of the offseason update you on the hot stove winter meetings shenanigans and everything else going into spring training so stick with us we've got some really really exciting interviews coming up that we cannot wait to unload on you uh and and or give you or whatever we're really excited about it but um is one next week or the week after i think it's next week right uh yeah next week next yep. week we have one anyway stay tuned for those and uh go to 9plusus.com and buy something cool if you want yeah very cool absolutely yeah. don't forget as
2: well and if you're on the internet spending money you can head over to snookseedery.com and you can use code btpaw to check out to support the show support your mouth get the best seeds ever trust us they're fantastic absolutely delicious we love them Just very try much them. but don't forget to like subscribe rate and review the show let us know what you think about what we're doing you can reach reach out in the comments if you like as well on youtube But if you do that, make sure you leave a like and also subscribe to the show. But baseball family, thank you so much for joining us this week. We will catch you next week.